Welcome to the call up with Gabe Lloyd and myself, Daniel Holloway. Welcome, Gabe. Hello, hello. So here we are Thursday evening. We are doing our pro crit precap. Yep. Give our um give our thoughts on what's gonna happen and why. Um yeah, and uh I mean, we should just get right into it. It's it's maybe one of the largest fields we've seen in women's racing this year. Um, yeah. 70 riders, 70, just over 70, I think. A lot of yeah. complete teams. Um, yeah, more than I've seen previously in a lot of stuff. So that's going to be cool to see play out. Just a lot of team dynamics, I'm assuming, is going to happen. I hope so. I mean, it looks like we have a number of like pretty good full. It looks like DNA has the most uh, numbers that are starting here, and then a lot of kind of fours, threes to fours that potentially could do something if we actually see some some interest. I mean, I'm taking a look at three Miami Knights, four LA Sweats. Uh, some Fount Cycling Guilds. Actually, there's a number of them. It just has a page split on it. Four Denver Disruptors. And then you got Sinistica. How about that? Let's talk about them. U23s um, with Sarkasov. What do you think, man? Sarkasov has such a good Tulsa, and I feel like she could be somebody that could be sneaky. Um I just don't know how she'd do on this course and with this field dynamic that could be kind of different. I think the, this is the deepest field she's probably raced this year. Um, and it's for a jersey, so that always changes everything. Um, even yeah. in regards to, you know, even a race like Tulsa, it's it's different. It changes. Um, and the field, yeah, it's deep. I think she's going to go top 10. Um you know, it's it is a hard course. I would ache in it to night two of Tulsa. It's got a bit of a hill. It kind of wears and tears. Um, so I think she's capable of top five, but I think she's in for a solid top ten. Um, so I do like her. She's an outside pick, but podium. I don't think that um, that's that's going to happen this year. In the race within the race of U23, that's, you know, really kind of the jersey she's going to be racing for as well. And so in the U23 fight, right, she's got Olivia Cummins Mm -hmm. as kind of her biggest one, uh, Michaela McPherson on Human Powered Health. I feel like Michaela is actually her biggest one. Yeah, I think Michaela, I think, is going to go top five, period, like just outright. And that could get her to the jersey. Um, I think she's kind of my yeah dark horse in all of it. Um, you know, my my darker horse is Chloe Patrick for U twenty threes. Actually, okay, you know Chloe. I do not. She races in San Diego on the track. She's pretty good. She and uh, Michaela are Madison partners sometimes, and. Um, in those instances in women's racing on the velodrome, Chloe certainly holds her own and has been very good. I mean, she wins all the junior stuff hands down easy, 
Um, now she's aged out of that and she's been in U23s and she was vying for a, I'm trying to remember this now that I'm put on the spot, but I feel like she was vying for not only like the podium in the elite women's Omnium, but had a shot at actually taking it at one point in the tournament. So that's track racing, obviously super different. Um, I just, if her season's going all right. As a U23, I think she's fine. Overall, I don't think she can do it. She's only, It's just by herself. And I do think that uh, Michaela McPherson, having been racing in Europe at the top level, is certainly going to bring a lot more to it. And so I agree with you that Michaela is a dark horse for top five overall. So I think that for the U23 race, we've picked our podium. Mm-hmm. Olivia, Michaela, and, and Chloe. I'm going to say my in order. I think Michaela's going to sneak in there and just surprise people. Olivia second. And, oh, man. Oh, now, oh, for some reason, we just forgot about Kath- Catherine. Even yeah, we just started the I conversation like, with her. <laughs> I know. I feel like you have to end up with, back with Sarkisov because of the the Tulsa. And she's been she did a little bit of Toad, I think, too. So... I feel like she's been doing bunch kicks and like been racing in this field. And so that gives the advantage back to Sarkisov, at least for a podium in U23. What's the order, though? You think Sarkisov is going to sneak ahead Third. at Cummings Third. in this one? No, Third. I think actually I'm going to back up and going to go oh. Olivia, Michaela, Catherine, Chloe. And fifth is is up to the washing machine. Yeah. So that's my pick for the U23. Okay. You can agree or deny, and we just go to the pro women's race, or we we make our first difference pick there. I mean, I just feel like the speeds that are necessary late in this race, it hands an advantage back to Michaela, just because of her world tour stuff. So call it. Say it out loud. <laughs> uh, for U23, I think Michaela McPherson. Then, and then I go to Olivia, and then Catherine for U23s. There we have it. That's Gabe's pick. And now, the other race with the pro women. Pro women. Yep. So, Kendall's won this twice in a row. She's gone back to back here. So she knows how to ride this sprint basically perfect. Um, so she's kind of the out and out favorite to repeat. There's four of them the Ryan sisters, the Schneider sisters. Um, Kendall and the Schneider sisters have been racing at Toad. So they've been, you know, just continuing to build their bond and fitness, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure what Alexis was up to other than being at home. I don't know if she's recovering from something or just didn't want to go. Um, so, but you know, just the ever experience will just plug and play right back into it. Um, and she doesn't have to be a hundred percent to be extremely effective for that team. Um, so we have that, we have DNA. I think we should, we saw them show up at toad in race. I would say, Again, only because we could only hear, but not, you know, see. But they raced, you know, more like a team than I think we've heard um, before. They, you know, really put the team on the front to do a lead out. 
Um, I think that's the first time we've really kind of seen them do that this year, at least, um, and even kind of in the history of that program at these very big races. The new addition to that is, you know, they got Heather Fisher um, showing up to race with them, which is, you know, she's a big motor. Um, she's your area, right? Boulder? Yeah, she's in Boulder. Um, but she's just kind of, you know, kind of another Holly Breck, just big, big motor. And they were also adding Shayna Paulus um, to the mix as well, who's just another consummate teammate, big engine, um, able to chase stuff back or, you know, hopefully for them be aggressive and cause, you know, a lot of the other teams to chase and work more than they want to. So they've got the numbers. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine um, in the field. So they do have a big squad. They should absolutely use those numbers at just continuum. You know, they should never not be up the road um, causing just absolute chaos with that amount of numbers. So yeah. that's them. Then we move down to who's next, let's say. Um, From teams, you mean, or individuals? Uh, I mean, just whoever. We have Andrea Sear, right? She's got a couple teammates in Boutine and Taylor Cook-White. Um, I think it's a good, good sprint for Andrea. She's just got to be in position. If she hesitates at any cost, it's going to, you know, um, it's not going to work well. So I think she's, I think she's got to take a chance um, and put herself more forward than she would probably normally want to do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's her best chance to find herself in a really good position to take advantage of it. Um, down here we have Danielle Mooreshead um, and Emily Ehrlich from Virginia Blue Ridge. Um, Emily's just been riding super well all year um, and just continue to gain experience and grow. So she's a dark horse for a top five for me. Um, okay. I think she's just going to be able to, to do it, sneak up there. She's got the motor to put herself in a good position. So dark horse for top five. And then, yeah, then of course the highlight is Corinne Lebecki, also known as Corinne Rivera is racing. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So she's been in PA back home training, getting, you know, ready for her Euro block. So uh, it's kind of her routine to just come back to the U.S., uh, get some fitness, be at home, uh, chill out, and then kind of do nationals before going back to do Europe. So um, nothing she hasn't done before. I think her big target really is the road race. Um, I would suspect, yeah. But she's not afraid to get stuck in, race a crit, see if, you know, if things go well for her, she's, you know, going to go for it. Um, and she's also like a rider that likes a little bit in her legs before um, kind of the big show. So this is that opportunity to kind of get the legs going. Uh, she raced Air Force, was aggressive there, but on paper, really not much came out of it. But I think that was kind of the idea that that was going to be a kickstart um, into this whole thing. So Dark Horse, um, I think she has to do something that people wouldn't think she would necessarily do. Um, you know, just sit and fight for a train and then kind of come around. I think she's got to try to surprise people. Um, she's capable of it. So we just have to see if she's, how, how risky she's going to want to be 
uh, well, before the yeah. release. I mean, I feel like though that she's she has the potential of like carrying some Euro fitness and could could like do that 500 meter sprint kind of thing if she has Coach Holloway <laughs> knowledge <laughs> on it. Um, but it's just so tricky in these races with just one one person from my perspective. And I, but I have a few questions for you. Actually, I'm not. Uh, so here, here's 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 number one. Legion of Los Angeles, they've got the defending champ, but they as a team seem to be okay with one of their team members finding success. Do you think that they would consider riding for a different rider? I think they go into just about any race for the most part, saying we have three people that can out and out like win a field sprint. And I think like we saw in Tulsa, like, oh, we were riding for Sam, but I had to cover the inside, so... I went early, right? That was Kindle night one. And then we saw, you know, just how they do their, their things, their tactics to get spread the wealth, you know, um, by doing the Saturn sit up, which is now kind of the Legion lollygag, if we can call it, but just that last ride on the line, you know, opening the gap. Right. Um, and, this is the perfect course to do that if you're you know it's downhill into a tight right uphill left turn still uphill left turn flat to the finish and so if you're going into that right hand turn and there's nobody really challenging you like the last rider can like sit up like fully and there's not a ton of room like if you're fully on the wheel and you're not paying attention you're going to get into that hill and look up and realize that Sam and Skyler are like five bike lengths ahead, you know, because, because of how that, how narrow it is, how much it goes uphill pretty quickly. And that sprint is like that five bike lengths to bring back is incredibly hard, if not impossible. Yeah. I mean, every photo I've seen is like the gaps are massive Yeah, on that final kick. And so, cause if it opens, it just basically stays status quo. So if it's one bike length, and everybody's equal, it's one bike length, you know, or it's five, six, whatever. So it's it's the race to that right-hand corner, um, and basically you have to be, you only have the chance to come around the wheel you're in front of. You yeah. Know? Um, so what's the, what's, and my second question for this, and this might be for both men and women, but I was just thinking about it, and that DNA made me think about, and Legion made me think about the international component of each of these squads. And then I was looking at Denver Disruptors, Miami Knights. Seems like every big team that we've talked about this year, they have a strong international presence. How does losing those riders affect a team's approach um, tactically, but then also sort of the camaraderie component, right? Like, because then at this point in the season, halfway in, sort of know how certain riders will respond without communicating is there any, is there any loss in potential for a team by losing a key rider in that regard uh, I think for some of the smaller squads you know uh, Denver Miami uh, Virginia Blue Ridge uh, butcher box I think um, but they only have Jillian Who's an amazing here. sprinter, but like you know, yeah. But like Legion, you know, with their um, 
Mexican riders, Salazar, as we saw in Tulsa, they were just like from the gun, just like, hey, cover work, you know, like just follow moves, get in there. You know, if you're in a move, don't work, right? Just kind of passively bring it back. And so all that does for a team like Legion is potentially puts, you know, more weight on Alexis to be proactive early. And then, you know, likely Skylar is going to participate in that, you know, if it's super heavy workload that normally their foreign riders would, would start to cover. Uh, but like we heard in Toad, like at the ACC race, they rode super passive. We never heard about them. You know, yeah. they didn't participate in any of the sprints, you know, and again, we were kind of only hearing what the fr- what was happening on the front stretch. Um, but everything I heard made me lead, led me to believe that they were just hanging out, falling the wheels, when DNA formed, they just like got there, sat behind, and then, you know, came around between the last two corners. And that's more or less going to be their tactic here with, okay. you know, what's to DNA's disadvantage is that there's font cycling, there's Le Sweat, there's Monarch racing, there's road race, co- road crew coffee, there's United cycling, there's a lot more players. It's not one on one you know, like it has been kind of in previous races. Um, And so for a team like DNA, who wants to try to isolate and fatigue Legion, they're going to go up the road. And then instead of Legion having to chase, Font's going to want to participate. CCB is going to want to participate. You know, uh, United, you know, all these other teams that have riders. And that's just like the sport and tactics. So DNA has to be absolutely just consistent and try to, get themselves up with three or four of these other teams and Legion still misses out. And then they have to like work. Um, you know, that's how they're going to, that's how you have to fatigue Legion. It's really be super proactive and they just kind of get caught up in the mix and miss the move and then have to work. Right. I guess possible. Uh, anything's possible. It's a bike race. I mean, you got like Margie B mess in here for our Roxo. What is that? Raw. Yeah, Roxo. Roxo racing, but Margie's like always every race I've seen her do, she like is like just mega aggressive. And if she can find somebody to help her in that type of pursuit with like a palace or I don't know, who else in here do you think could be a sneaky like Natalie Quinn from CCB is usually Coke kind White. of aggressive. Um who yeah. Uh I just saw her name and I just should be able to just, um, why am I blanking? I apologize. <laughs> uh, Monica yeah. said like the little sweat girls, right? They don't want to bring it to a sprint. They want to be off the front. So Halimek, um, Boutine. I yeah. Mean, basically everybody, but DNA and Legion want a field, don't want a field sprint. Right. You know, even riders like Jillian Bennett and Corinne, they'd they would prefer it out of a small move. Like they'd rather sprint out of eight, eight a group of eight. You know? Yep. Um, just much easier to control, a lot less chaos. Uh things like that. So basically the only real team that wants like full out and out is okay with an out and out field sprint is Legion with DNA shortly behind. But a Legion, if they put like three of the four girls in like a 12 person move 
they're not going to sit around for the fourth girl. <laughs> like, right, like, right. That just is what it is. Um, yeah. And it's likely that that fourth, fourth rider probably made that whole situation happen to begin with. Okay. It'd be kind of wild that Debbie Milne got herself in that mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff that can happen in this race. All right. And then I think we, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm you know, curious to see how Aisha's going to go. You know, she's been racing on this much larger team than she has in the past. Um, comparatively to just the domestic schedule. So I'm excited to see, this is the first time I'll see her racing domestically in a while. So I'm just, you know, curious to see how much she's grown as a rider. So hopefully yeah. that'd be a cool shock, you know, um, top five podium even uh, would be pretty cool to see. So that would be cool. It's a rider that, you know, she's on her own. I think this field stacked. You got a lot of great sprinters in here. You got the obvious people with single digits on their back. And then you end up with, you know, you got Stephanie Hollamax in here. You've got Jillian Bennett's, um, you know, they're just, you know, Debbie Milne, as I said, even there's just so many riders in here. Andrew, Andrea Sear, I don't really know why she's down in 52, honestly, but, um, so many predictor? of these people could end up on the podium. Do you feel comfortable making a top five pick? The top five I would like to see in this order is Corinne, Kendall, Skyler is top three. And then fourth and fifth just start getting really squirrely on what what can happen. Mm-hmm. But I am going to say Olivia is fourth. And fifth is hard. Fifth is hard. Mm. It's a toss up between Jillian Bennett and Andrea Sear for me for fifth. Okay. That's my pick. Those are my five. Put them in ink. Um, I guess I wonder if Skylar gets it on this one. Well, hmm, maybe they set her up for the road race. I'm just sort of in this opinion, like Kendall's got it twice. Does she go for three or does the team go for getting it on another jersey like for for the season? Um, only they know. Only they know. I know. That's the fun of this whole thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think Kendall can certainly do it, as you as we said at the top of this, that she knows this sprint really well. And similarly, the rest of them know how to get her and drop her off at the right point. Um so you're probably looking at Kendall Schuyler one two. Um, it's a matter who can follow it, and oh, that's sort of where I get jammed up on this. I mean, just knowing how technical those final few turns are, but also that kicker. I just don't understand who's got the the kick in the legs 
for that final 500 meters in like as far as turning and going up and like staying on wheels and like diving through turns um hmm. do i really have to make a choice um yeah i mean i feel like you're gonna end up with a lot of the names that we know so i agree with you i think andrea sear is on there i think that jillian bennett can be up there and then otherwise i think you're looking at a michaela mcpherson Yeah, so Legion won too. If they're going to try to ride it like they have been, and the race stays together, and then you're looking at a oh man, I'm terrible at this. Every time I look at a name, I feel like somebody has potential all of a sudden. Just blurt it out. Hmm. Gosh. This is so hard, you guys. Everybody has a everybody has a story that can bring bring them to the line in the front. Um, da, 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 da. We're gonna go with we're gonna go with we're gonna go with. Um, I need I'm gonna go with fast people. So it's gonna be Jillian Bennett and oh shit! I'm so bad at this. Kendall Ryan, Skylar Schneider, um, Jillian Bennett, Andrew Sear, and gosh, uh, I really feel like Cummins. There it is. Put it in ink. That was terrible. I'm so sorry. That took <laughs> so long. I just like got like so much anxiety about like deciding on who could actually get there because it's like this this course to me is so challenging um yeah i've never done it so i'm just pure spectator on this one so yeah. on to the men luke Parody twice in a row as well that's your so guy is that your solo. guy i mean dude races in europe he's been bunch kicking his way to the winds at a number of uci races and i know this dynamic is different weren't we talking a while back so remember on the broadcast at tulsa tough on uh crybaby hill we were talking about how sergio haneo like is really good at the end of five hours yep and i kind of wonder if luke is developing himself into that type of rider so i wonder if this race is going to be long enough yeah so this is my thing i think if the other teams try to make it hard i think that benefits luke Looking at this, I don't care how the race is raced. He's the fastest guy here. Okay. You put you line all 101 dudes across the widest road. He's out and out the fastest guy. And there's a lot of guys in here that I love buddies with, but right now I think he's just hands down the fastest guy. Um, okay. It is what it is. Um, the only thing that he has working against him, which hasn't faulted him in any fashion the last two years is he's got no teammates. He's hanging out by himself. Right. Um, you know, and that can, it's just an extra layer that's super difficult 
to manage. And he's just been amazing handling, handling that like for how young he is just doing what he's done. is just super impressive. And then watching what he's done this year, you're like, okay, he's made a breakthrough. Like he's just made the step. It's amazing to see. Yeah. Um, so I think both of us out and out, he's our out and out favorite. The only way that doesn't happen is, you know, if some of these teams get together and he misses the move and just can't bridge to it, you know, right. or as a right. solo rider, that move, everything falls and every team has something in the first 10 minutes. And he's like, you know, it's just, I'm like, I got to wait. And that blows out to 25 seconds. And that's where it stays. Cause there's not much happening behind and he misses out, you know, at the end of the day, he's getting like, oh, okay, I'm going to go win the road race. So, um, and I don't think Luke is a rider to be like that passive necessarily, but he's not going to be, you know, shooting everything out. Um, all the time to try to absolutely win this thing no matter what. So I think he's smart enough that he's going to read the race really well. And it's even if there is a move that's going to make it, I'll be surprised if he misses it in some ways, but also understand that he's, again, he's not going to like spend all his energy to try to win this thing. If it's just not going, he's not going to overwork it or overwork himself if it's not following his direction. So yeah. he's in like just this beautiful armchair to just, hang out, watch the race, make some good decisions, try a couple things. And if it's like going to a field sprint, he's happy, you know? <laughs> and if it's, you know, he's bridged this breakaway, that's like 15 guys and that's the move. He's also happy. So yeah, that's, sure. that's where I think that out. Um, the podium on the other hand, um, my boy Noah, mm -hmm. I think he's fired up. Um, He's motivated after Tulsa. He's got, I think, but he's also a guy that wants to really ride on, on Sunday. But I think he's also a guy that's not afraid to get stuck in and make it happen. Uh, I mean, also Riley as well. So those two guys are going to line up, start racing their bikes, and then communicate with each other, you know, and be like, are you yeah. super? No. Are you super? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, boom. Easy decision. Let's go. Yep. Um, the, what about Cade, Cade Bickmore? Yeah, he's you know clearly got the confidence. They've won a field sprint with him, right? Um, but they've brought you know the rest of these guys like you know, um, old Peter O. I can't. I'm so I, I'm so bad with his last name. Um, but you know he's kind of there. Him and John. There's only like three, I would say, like crit guys. The rest of everybody else is like stacked heavy in the stage racing, road race stuff. So for yeah. for Cade, he doesn't have a ton of help, and I don't, I don't see that team just like going, you know, putting their team on the front with five to go to just outright for Gabe. I just don't see it happening. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them, you know, try at least to get that experience under their belt because um, they're going to have to fight Legion um, in some capacity for that role because, um, you know, they're fast guys tie. Um, you know, and then they got uh, Tyler Williams as well that can kind of go well in this type of finish. Yep. Um, but I think, I think everybody else in that squad is, I mean, again, it's not excluding Magner, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of these guys want to do really well in the road race. I think that this is a, a tie Magner sprint if it comes to it. I think that he's also good enough that he can, 
he can work some magic against the land parity, possibly. Um, but, you know, Legion has had some real rough luck in this sprint the past few years. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, their go-to is to just put a team on the front ride. So that's I expect that to happen. I don't expect them to sit two or three teams back and just kind of be patient. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's where they are comfortable. So I, I highly doubt that they want to put Sam and Robin and, you know, Gavin, you know, Kyle Murphy as well, you know, riding two or three teams back to just be patient. I think they're going to go to the front relatively early. And, you know, I think whatever, we just go ride and we try to get Ty as close to the finish line as we can. And then he's smart enough to figure out the rest. Yeah, um, sure. I really think that Boardman, Carpenter, Murphy, are, and Williams are would be more focused on the road race. Yep. I mean, um, isn't Murphy the defending champ? He is. He is. Yeah. yeah. There. What is he not doing the crit? There was. Oh, he. No, he's not. Shoot. Dang. I had a dark horse, but I guess he's just doing the road race. Who are you talking about? Let Murphy's me... on the start list for the crit. Are you talking about somebody else not doing I'm the crit? Talking about somebody else that I thought this would be a really good course to see. Expect to be super active and be a part of the disruption. And that was Artem Schmidt. I would really like to see him race this race hmm. um, from Hagensburg when he was the kid at Athens that was just a, a part of just blowing that race up, making it super, super hard, and then bridge solo to the move that lapped. Um, and so that ride on that course uh, like that was pretty impressive. So bummed he's not doing this one to get stuck in. Uh and, and get amongst it. But we also see that missing is, you know, Scott McGill's not riding uh, from human powered health. Roscoff not riding it. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised but, that McNulty's not riding it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I just love to see, I mean, back when, back in my day, uh, when I was on Garmin, right. I mean, I rode Critnats with Vanderbilt, you know, hmm. granted that was, Downers was more or less kind of local to Christian, but it was just like Christian got stuck into the crit and you know what he did to stay safe? Just rode the front and made it super hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just showed his, his level in his class. So kind of bummed that some of these world tour guys don't do that. Um, yeah. To just to make it happen. But I mean, imagine if you had Quinn Simmons, Brandon McNulty, Roscoff, Artem Schmidt, you know, Scott McGill, just taking shots at the front of this crit on this course. <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be so fun to watch. Holy it would smokes. Be cool. It would be unreal. And then the rest of the human powered health program. Chad Hager, Gage Hex, Stephen Bassett, Colin Joyce. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We would have, that would be high flying. You know, so it's really, it's, it really is kind of a bummer that those guys don't get in a crit and mix it up and then just say, you know what, like if we haven't blown it up and made a, like a move with five to go, then like, okay, dude, leave the race. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. But at least yeah. show up and try to make it happen for yourself or for your team by just going absolutely bananas. I think right. would be uh, what are, what the crit scene needs actually, to be honest, is to really see who the top crit raiders are in America that if you have those 15 American Euro guys come out here and just start laying waste for 75 minutes, 
and it's like who can keep up then you're like okay these are like these are the american crit guys like, like this is the level that we should have every race be at right um and set the tone so yeah. we're gonna miss that for those guys not racing unfortunate but it is what it is um alvelo you know creed runs a program you know really trying to get those guys into europe but is very tactically aggressive so i expect that team to be high flyers very aggressive do we not have racing. danny summerhill summerhill's a toad i think you know they're in the jersey protecting that stuff so we just have hernandez uh flying that flag which you know he's a crafty guy he could get stuck in knows how to place himself well um he's a top five guy for me on the Overall. day on the yeah. day yep then we work ourselves down to the Blazers, Johnny Brown, Fury, Movenzada. Um, he's my guy for the day. Um, you know, even though Fury won elite crit, amateur crit, um, I think in this race it's going to be a bit harder. This is where Spencer is going to... I expect to see Spencer to be better in this, in this type of race. Just harder. Just like. harder. Just overall wear and tear. Um, I expect him, you know, like kind of like we saw uh, Crybaby Hill, right? We saw Spencer in that final move when things got really hard, really gritty. Um, right. So I th that's my expectation um, is to see him. And more or less, like, those are my guys. I don't see anybody else that's, like, popping out. Um, so we have Lampardi, Magner second, Hernandez third. No, 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 sorry. Re... Wind. Lamperti first, Noah second, Ty third, Hernandez fourth. And Mr. Kyle Perry. <laughs> I wish that mustache could fly. Um, I love you, buddy. Um, but then you gotta put Bickmore fifth. That's my top five. Lock her in. Okay. Final answer. Uh I'm going with Lynn Parody, Ty Magner. Um, for me, Hernandez is like a four or five. So I think stepping onto that podium, if the race is hard, is going to be a toss up for third place for me. It's going to be a Granigan or. Uh, I'm going to go with Noah because I know him better. But Riley proved himself earlier in the season mm. on a hard course too. After that's, yeah. that's not an easy crit on it, you know, four hard days of racing. Right. All right. So Riley Sheehan on third, and then in fourth you're going to go to Hernandez, and then in fifth, Cade Bickmore. Lock her in. And yeah. for funsies, <laughs> funsies, what's your road race? Uh, road race, man. Like I mean, quick, just like off the cuff. Come on. Do I have a start list for that? It's not the same, right? No. It's different. There's more guys. Uh, There's 122. There's 21 more riders. Zoiks. Um, I mean, I guess I'm interested to see. Well, hold on. I need to find that. I only pulled up the crit on this because we we're talking about the crit. I feel like World Tour guys for sure on this one. It's just so freaking hard. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think that Mr. Kyle Murphy is gonna get himself a repeat on this one this year. Um, 
name of the game is always patience, right? And it seems like a lot of the World Tour guys just have that like depth of fitness to be able to respond late and just survive and then just blast each other. So who is it? So, I don't have a start. I don't know where. I don't. It's on the same I'm place. On, you had the crit one, dude. No, it's not. I'm on the USA Cycling website, and it's just like schedule, tech guide, course map. Where is it? Where am I looking? Or I click on all these buttons, and it's just PDF after PDF download. Sorry, everybody, Gabe's. You know, um, so I'll give you my top three while you figure it out. I think it's McNulty, uh, Quinn Simmons, and um, my dark horse is Sam Boardman for the podium. What? Wow. I think Sam can do it. I think he's going to get in the breakaway and then survive to a um, to a podium. But, I mean, there's okay. a lot of good guys here. It's like, how's Chad Hager riding? How's Roscoff riding? You know, some of these other guys that are um, Sean Quinn. You know. But yep. that's my top three. Okay. Well, I still haven't found a start list on this USA Cycling website. So, uh, I mean, I think if McNulty's racing, then, yeah. I mean, um, oh, McNulty's already won a time trial title. So By minute clearly, 30. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is just a thing where, like, he, a rider like him can just sort of like lay it down for a bunch of K's at the end on that highway and like that's it so yeah I just feel like Brandon McNulty for the jersey there it is yeah alright everybody thanks for tuning in this probably wasn't the most exciting but um, it the post post race should be exciting once we get um, proven wrong by everybody I love being wrong, honestly, on this whole thing. We, you guys idiots. just waited a 40-some <laughs> minutes just to realize that we are completely wrong, so, and that's fine. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to The Call-Up Pod with Gabe Lloyd and myself, Daniel Holloway. Tune in for the post, post-race. post Hopefully we can get that out Saturday for you guys. Thank you.